Welcome back, everyone, and on this week's episode, we've got a little more news for you, but our big feature for today is our 2015 year in review. Before we get into any of that, though, my name is Hunter, I'm joined by my co-host, George. How's it going, guys? And here's our host, he's often imitated, but never duplicated, Joshua of the Lamb! (laughs) Thank you, Hunter, for that great uh, introduction, and speaking of introductions, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that new intro. George uh, produced it for us. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> great, man. <laughs> it was good. I hope everybody, all three fans, and Dave enjoyed it. And also, I want to put out there, I know we didn't say anything last week, but we hope everyone had a happy holidays and a merry Christmas. We know we did. So we just want to put that out there. We, we've got you in our hearts and our minds. That's right. Yes, we do. Always. <laughs> Yes, but uh, we're going to jump straight into some news, and to go into our news, we're going to go to a galaxy far, far away, where Star Wars continues to break every record in its path. Uh, if you will, it's, uh, it came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Disney reference. Miley Cyrus used to be. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, um, Star Wars continues to break every record in its path. Uh, it actually broke the Christmas Day record which was held by 2009 Sherlock Holmes uh, at $24.6 million. And Star Wars decided to come in and almost double that amount with $49.3 million. It also crossed $500 million domestic after only 10 days of release, which beat out Jurassic World's record at 17 days. And passing $500 million domestic also made it pass The Dark Knight as the fifth highest grossing film domestically. And as of yesterday, December 27th, it's brought in $544.6 million domestically, adding to its global tally at $1.09 billion, breaking the record for fastest to cross a billion dollars in 12 days, which beat out Jurassic World at 13 days. Yeah, this movie, uh, there's, you know, there's really no other way to say it. This movie is humongous. It's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal. (laughs) We're just going to quote the movie. Uh, Honestly, it just, you know, proton torpedoed everything that stood in its way. It's true. (laughs) This this movie, Disney definitely did their job with it. And, you know, a little uh, info for you guys out there. I just read that the original title of the film was actually Shadow of the Empire, which uh, some of you that are super nerdy will know that that's actually a set of the Expanded Universe books, which I'm assuming is why they threw that out. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, there's, like, a ton of stuff going into it. I mean, like, I, I was just discussing this with a coworker about all of the things that led up to this. I mean, you've got George Lucas was working on a new trilogy, and then he sold uh, Lucasfilm to Disney. And when Disney took over, their immediate plan was to do a new trilogy. And they took his notes, and they read through them, and they just threw it all out. <laughs> and decided to go with their own path. I guess they jar-jarred it. <laughs> Oh, no, I guess they wouldn't. Uh, I think what it was, they're like, we appreciate the genius that is George Lucas, but we've all seen the prequels. Yeah, I I know, like, uh, this movie is definitely a big deal, though. 
Um, one thing is that it hasn't even opened in China, which China is the second largest market for films. So it's already people are already uh, assuming that this film is about to you know surpass Avatar as the highest grossing film of all time. But like one thing too is like uh, I know we had discussed it a little earlier, uh, but Star this new Star Wars uh, Force Awakens, you know they should have called it a New Hope because it definitely breathed some new life into the franchise and. It's also brought back a lot of the naysayers, and uh, I was just reading that even, like, uh, for viewership, like, they're surprised that it's barely losing any viewers. Like, uh, what, I think I read it has lost, like, a couple percent points of, like, viewers. Like, like this movie, like, usually, like, for a movie when it comes out, repeat views are, like, pretty rare. And uh, this movie, of course, like, all it's seeing is just people continuing to go back. I know we've seen it a few times, uh, George and I, we've seen it three times so far. Hunter has only seen it once because he only wanted to help out Universal. <laughs> oh, don't say that. I love Disney. I'm going to see the movie again. <laughs> Hunter's favorite movie of 2015 was Furious 7. Don't miss that. That's a bad lie. You know, it's crazy when we watch it, you know, like I said, we watched it the first day, and I know it's going to be super busy. But the third day we went, you know, I thought it was just going to be, like, regular, like, whatever. But people were still waiting in line just to watch that movie. Like, we had to stand in line to get in the theater, and we had to run to get our seats because it was full. And I knew it was going to make a lot of money with that. It's true. Like, uh, we, we had to actually stand in, like, a line to be let into the theater. And then, like, all these people were walking by us, and they were super annoyed that they're like, oh, I don't know why people are still seeing this. And I'm like, you know what? You go watch Sisters, and you tell me which was the better choice. <laughs> <laughs> or Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, well, you're going to watch an Alvin and the Chipmunks. Tell me how you spent your day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, this movie, I mean... It's it's honestly because it has that that replay value. I mean, rarely do we ever say we're going to see a movie more than once. I know that you know you said you've only seen a couple of movies twice, like rarely. I, the last time I did it was earlier this year with Jurassic World. I saw that three times. This is easily going to overtake it for me because I'm trying to see it either today or tomorrow, and I know I'm probably going to see it four or five more times. That's on record. Hunter saw Jurassic World three times in theaters, saw Star Wars once, and he said Episode 2 was the best one. <laughs> I did not. No. No. <laughs> no. Oh. You know, my uh, biggest record watching a movie, I think, I was watching Cars like six times in the movie theater. That's was, a good one. That was a great movie. Uh, just a little story. So many viewers just turned off their podcast. <laughs> it was a good movie. I don't know why people I know I, I've said it before. I get a lot of flack for it from the Disney community, but... Cars is definitely my guilty pleasure, and it's my it, it's almost my favorite Pixar movie. Though, I don't want to say it's my favorite one, but it's definitely the one I watch the most. And I continue to watch it. <laughs> Man, billion dollars, dude. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you were saying, though, and Hunter had said, like me, I'm very rare to repeat view, especially since I'm married and I have a kid. And when you're married, you all know that that means you have to get your wife to go, and uh, usually they're just like, no. <laughs> but, um, like, for me, like, the last movies I saw as a repeat viewing uh, was Avenger, the original Avengers, and uh, we actually saw Wreck-It Ralph three times in theaters. But Star Wars, like, this movie, it, like, this new one, uh, like I said, it breathes new life into the, into the franchise, especially, like, you get, like, a timeless feel from the movie. Like, 
it's one of those movies where you just completely escape into it and you don't feel like, oh, you know, I'm just watching a bunch of stuff happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I love Jurassic World. Uh, I'm going to say that. I did, I did love Jurassic World. I've got a poster of it on my wall. <laughs> but, like, when you watch it, it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's Jurassic Park again. Like, who cares? But uh, it has, like, some great stuff in it. But Star Wars, for me, like, this one definitely, to like, it opened up, like, new things to me. It inspired things in my mind. Like, you know, Jurassic World, like I said, I enjoyed it. I loved it. But when I watched it, it's just a movie. For Star Wars, The Force Awakens, like, all these things opened up in my mind. Like, you had the, uh, the you know, hero characters who were not even, like, your normal, typical hero character. You had Rey who didn't want to accept her role. Uh, I'm going to warn you guys, there's some spoilers to come. But Rey didn't want to accept her, you know, role as the new Jedi, the new generation of Jedi, uh, you know, having to bring peace and order to the Force. You've got... Finn, who rejects, you know, his stormtrooper training and decides that he doesn't want to do any of it and he just wants out. He, you know, and I, I'm especially inspired by the fact that Finn was not your normal hero. He did not want anything to do with helping mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah. And yet he does end up helping everyone. And, you know, I said that to you, you know, after I saw the movie. That's why I think he is my favorite character. And I, I said it, and a couple people, you know, called me a coward for saying what I said. I was like, like, honestly, I see myself like that if I was ever pressed into a situation like this. I'd probably be the last to help, but, you know, something would drive me to help. And, you know, that's why I love the, the character so much. He had a great character development in the short time that, you know, that movie was playing. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I don't want to trash too much on Universal or Jurassic World, because like I said, I do love Jurassic World, but those characters were cardboard. Like, <laughs> they were not fully developed characters. It was, I'm the girl, I'm in heels for some stupid reason. I can't do anything. Then you've got Owen Grady, who's like, I trained raptors, I can do everything. Like, it, it's a basic film. Like, yeah. you know, there was no thought behind it. It was just, you know, dinosaurs attack, people have to fight them. Like, And then, of course, the dinosaur fight at the end, but... Like, one thing I also loved is, uh, even with Kylo Ren, like, he was, like, a fully developed character where, you know, and unlike Darth Vader, and I know J.J. Abrams said that this was specifically the thing he wanted, is he wanted you to see the journey of the villain to his role. Like, you're seeing Kylo Ren, he's at that early stage where he wants to be something like Darth Vader, but he's not that. And then even at that, like, General Hux even says, like, some snide little remarks to him, and you get the feeling, like, even even though he's, like, considered this badass of the universe, that he's still also, by the bad guys, considered, like, you're not even a full, you're not even a real Sith. Like, you know, he's an outcast from everywhere. I mean, he's an outcast in his own family, and that's why he rejected them. And he's an outcast with the villains. Yeah. Uh, you know, I agree with you said. Um, you know, the one thing I like, I said this before, um, is, you know, the camera effect, how, you know, they try to keep it, like, old school, like, oh, classic. Yeah. Uh I did notice, you know, I watch you know, all Star Wars, but I noticed this one, this, you know, there's a couple of, like, comedy things, you know, like, little jokes, whatever. I, I love it. Yeah. It's not, it's not too much, it's not too little, but it was perfect, you know? Yeah, I, I super agree, like, uh, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, like, uh, you know, old-style filmmaking, because I, I don't care for CGI, like, I know everyone's, like, CGI is at a point where it's, you know, you can't even tell it's there. I can always tell it's there. Yeah, right. Like, you know, I loved Age of Ultron, but, like, the last battle, like, you're, like, this is a completely CGI scene. There's nothing real going on. What I loved about this movie is almost every part of it, you could, you had that real feeling of it, and it felt real to you because of that. Like, uh, you know, I mean, 
I'm not a huge trasher on the, you know, the prequel trilogies, but there was that air of the fact that you could look at it and you were just like, the only thing that's real are the people. Like, yeah. everything else is fake. Like, you know, you don't get that same connection to it. You, you get that, that real feeling from it. And to add on to that, I just want to say thank you to them because, you know, those practical effects, like you were saying, people don't realize that, you know, practical effects make the movie so much better for the viewer. I could, you know, give a darn about your computer-generated image. You know, I want, I want to see the, the Millennium Falcon and know that 99% of that is a real, you know, set. It's just cool to see whenever you go to a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, also to go back and kind of defend Universal, I mean, Jurassic World, I know they did a lot of practical effects that they could, mm -hmm. and I, I enjoyed it. Like, the raptors, you could tell that uh, on certain scenes they were real. But then you also get the fact that when they did throw in the CGI, like, specifically for the Indominus Rex, one thing, I felt like, I, I don't know if they knew what the size of the Indominus Rex was, because sometimes he was humongous, sometimes he seemed kind of small. <laughs> like, uh, like, he kept changing size, and then, like, the, you know, the dinosaur fight at the end, it's super CGI, and then, like, you know, like, I feel like they, the T-Rex even looked kind of diminished, like, he looks small, but then you watch, like, Jurassic Park, the original, and because they had to do so much practical effects, when you saw the real, practical, humongous T-Rex, you felt like he was humongous. Right. Like, you saw him, and he was terrorizing. You see Jurassic World, and, you know, you see, like, a shot of him, like, uh, you know, his big mouth and stuff, and you're just like, okay, he's big. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. I totally forgot. Never mind. Well, um, you know, uh, I'm actually going to say, too, like, uh, one thing I hate about right now is that there's a lot of people online that are trying to trash the Star Wars movies, and I've even noticed there's some people that just want to be like, oh, well, I'm cool, so I didn't like the movie. Like, I had a coworker tell me, he's like, you know, I, I didn't think the new Star Wars was that good. And I'm like, well, I've seen it three times. He's like, well, you know, I, I'm going to start off and say my favorites too. Me being the polite, generous man I am, I assumed he meant Empire Strikes Back as two. And I was like, oh, Empire Strikes Back? He's like, no, Attack of the Clones. And I immediately in my mind, I was just like, apparently you don't know anything because <laughs> Attack of the Clones is the worst one. And... You know, that's the thing, too, is, like, one thing I hate is, like, anyone that is trashing it, they're, they're saying stuff like, you know, uh, they weren't jumping around, I like the fight scenes in the, in the 1, 2, and 3, and you're just like, dude, that's not what you want. I mean, even episode 1 had more practical effects than anything, and, like, uh, I will say, like, I think episode 1 does stand, like, very well because uh, all of its practical effects, you can feel that they're real, like, even when... Uh, Anakin's in the pod racer. You can tell he's really in that thing. Yeah. It's not just a CGI, like, awful version of it's it. It's not Speed Racer. Yeah. No, this is pod racer. Okay, Speed Racer. We're not even going to discuss uh, how awful that was. <laughs> but, you know, before we move on, you know, I know we said it, you know, off the mic, but 4 is my favorite, you know, and it always will be. 5 is without a doubt the best of the, of the franchise, but... This one is sitting at no, this new one is sitting at the number three spot for me, and I was telling you, and you I know you disagree with me, and that's fine. I was like, it's creeping towards, you know, being tied at number two for me, because I love Empire, but this last one, I, I enjoyed it so thoroughly that you know it's pushing it. <laughs> Listen, that intro was the best intro ever, and you know, I love episode six, you know, but that intro, it. I don't know where I, where I saw it. You know, I was you know sitting down like nothing. But after the intro, I I was like about to stand up and like you watching it. It's so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like I, I've discussed it with my wife, and we've all had this discussion. But like the the op- like everything about this movie was so well done. Like even like Kylo Ren's introduction in the beginning scene on Jakku, like they perfectly captured like that same Darth Vader feel. Where he even like you even got the feeling that he wants to show that how powerful he is. But when he you know stops the laser from uh, Poe and stops him, like. That that scene like it gives you chills like I'm getting chills thinking of it because like it's terrifying like you're, even <laughs> as a viewer you're just sitting there like oh my god like I don't want to mess with this guy I would like to you know, know what I've come for <laughs> <laughs> I made a mistake at, instead of episode six it should be episode four because that's when Darth yeah Vader when Darth came Vader, out yeah. and yeah. be like just looking at the dead people yeah and, and mind you like Darth Vader didn't even have to show no, his strength yeah. for you to be scared of him but then you get Kylo Ren of course he. He's on this quest to, like, show himself as, like, uh, you know, better than Darth Vader. And, you know, to do that, he's trying to show off, like, what he can do. And, you know, you guys are right, first off. The, the introduction to the villain, they do it perfectly. And, it, and it, even though it doesn't mirror number four, uh, episode four, it clearly had the same effect. Because, you know, you do see Darth Vader come out, and the second he goes like this and starts looking around, you immediately know, oh, this guy's the big cheese. He, he will, you know, hunt you down. With Kylo Ren, you're getting the opposite effect because, you know, he comes in and you're like, you know you're scared of him. And then he's, you know, like you say, he stops the laser and you're like, oh my god, I've never seen that yeah, before. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that <laughs> even. Um, you know, I really thought in the beginning it was going to be like episode one, you know, like a ship, whatever. Right. But right away, he just pops out. Yep. You know, I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes until you see him, but no, right away. Well, yeah, you know, I know... Uh... You're kind of, like, alluding to the fact that, like, episode one, you get the one of the greatest, like, villains, which is uh, Darth Maul. But you don't actually see Darth Maul until, like, halfway through the movie. Like, all you're getting through the beginning of it is just kind of like, oh, you know, here's the good guys trying to do the good thing against these weird, uh, I'm going to say, racist versions of Asians. Uh, <laughs> and then you get, you get, like, a quick second of... Uh, Darth Maul, but you don't get that much of him. Like uh, the way they introduced Kylo Ren, it was it perfectly captured the scene. And um, you know, like one thing I love about this movie too is that they were perfectly able to do something like, uh, at, you know, I'm just gonna say it, Han's death. Like that is something, especially Han is like. I was just reading something about how Han is so beloved in the Star Wars franchise, and you know, it's a very shocking thing that that happened. But at the same time, it's like. You know, I give them credit that they were able to kill off such a an important and beloved character, and people still love this movie because, you know, that scene, I will say, that scene is beautiful. Like, it is a beautifully shot scene, and you perfectly capture, like, everything in that's going on inside Kylo Ren at that moment. But, like, one thing I love is that, it, you know, it was that thing that needed to happen. And then, like, you know, I know some people argue with me about that, but I, I even read, like, uh, Michael Arndt, uh, who was a screenwriter, and Lawrence Kasdan and all them, like, they said that J.J. said that. Like, when he read the script, he said, because the original ending, it was just Han and Leia get back together. They destroy the Starkiller base. Everything's fine. And, you know, he said, he's like, J.J. Uh, uh, said, he's like, you know, what's pushing us through this story? He's like, you know, Han just feels like a piece of, like, sexy luggage that you're just carrying around. <laughs> he doesn't need to be here, but he's here. And I agree, like, you know, the more I analyze the movie, it's just like, you know, you can't help but feel like if that wouldn't have happened, Han had no reason to be there. Like, he just happened to help them out. Um, you know, it had to happen because it had to push everything forward. Like, you know, you needed Ray to have that reason to fight 
Kylo Ren and for her to hate Kylo Ren even. Because, like, you know, before she... Um, she was scared of him, and then, of course, she overpowers him once she sees that he's just a guy. Yeah. But, you know, there was nothing pushing the story forward into the next one. Like, why would she go on the journey to become a Jedi? Why would she do anything? Right. Because, uh, and then, of course, like, Kylo Ren doing that, it was a thing that pushed it forward where it's like, we have to stop these people. And, you know, before we, like, carry on, another thing about his death, right, and uh, it, it, it made me sad. It actually hurt my heart, but... After thinking about it, I watched uh, when he was on with Conan, and, you know, he was making a joke about how he offered his character up for sacrifice in uh, 5, and he's like, he's like, but his thing was, he wanted his character to have a noble death, like, sacrificing himself for, you know, the good of the cause, and I think he kind of did that. He had a noble death. He He's trying to save his son, right? And yeah. I thought I thought it was perfect, the perfect send-off for him, you know, in the end, he does die doing something that, trying to be good, to do good, you know? I just want to point out, when we watch the movie, still, like I said, three times, I hear, well, the first one, people was yelling, like, oh my god! Yeah, people and, people no. yelled out no yeah. at that moment. And then the second one and third one we watched, all we heard was, <gasps> like that. Yeah, like, um, you know, I will say, like, that scene is also important because the whole thing with uh, Kylo Ren is, like, they presented that he was being trained by Luke and he was led astray by, uh, you know, Snoke. And then the whole thing is, it's like, well, what's keeping him being evil? Is it just the fact that he wants to be evil? Like, there has to be choices there. You know, he has to prove it. And, you know, of course, that's what Snoke was telling him. Yeah. And that scene, like, you perfectly get in that scene that he is fighting with himself. Because there's a part of him that wants to be good. And then there's a part of him that wants this other thing. And uh, that scene when they show, you know, he offers the saber to Han. And Han puts his hand on it. And then they, uh, you know, for a second... You know, he could have just grabbed it, and that would have been it. But then, you know, the other side of him won out, and you see the struggle between them where, you know, you can see vi visually that, you know, they're kind of struggling to grab it from each other. And, like, I, I feel like that scene was necessary to show that even Kylo Ren, he had to make the choice. And, of course, he chose the wrong path, which was the dark side. That was uh, his true test, you know? It was his final test, yeah. 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 sent him into it. Yeah, he had to commit patricide to... Uh, Further along his dark roots. Because uh, Snoke straight said that to him. I think he said that at one point. He's like, you have to kill him. You know no, that, Well, right? yeah. He he, he tells him that, you know, that's his uh, final... T he said, uh, no one's ever gone through a test quite as hard as this. Uh, even you, Master... Uh, what is it? Master of the Knights of Ren? Yeah. Yeah. I'm straight quoting the movie now. <laughs> hey. Joy, you're please. Me, you're giving you guys enough time to see the movie. But, well, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely worth seeing. I know we're, we can, like, analyze this till the cows come home. We have. <laughs> the banthas come home. The but, uh, yeah. but, you know, like, definitely you need to see this, and you can join us in the discussion if you want. Follow Emo Kylo Ren on uh, Twitter because he's hilarious. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but, you know, this, this is definitely, um, like, I would have definitely said that my movie of 2015 would have been Jurassic World, and then this movie came in and just... Like a wrecking ball, destroyed that. I was just like, ha oh, ha, this movie! You know, or like you were saying earlier, to quote Han Solo, we're home. Yes. Uh. Chewy, we're home. Uh, it's like, they're saying, hello guys, if we're here, don't forget about us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, uh, they both had, like, the obvious things you were going for. Like, Jurassic World had, you know, Raptor Squad, which for me, that's all I needed. Didn't even have to be a decent movie. <laughs> Raptor Squad, I was in it. Just for that, but 
you know, then Star Wars comes in and it gives you a bunch of new characters and that you're just like, I don't know. And then they give you old Han and you're just like, oh, I'll see this movie. And then you, you're lulled in and you're, you're lured in and then you come into this movie and you're like, I love Ray, I love Finn. I love Kylo Ren, even though he's a prick. And, <laughs> you know, you don't, like, I almost felt like uh, if Han wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't have minded. Like, I, I, quite honestly, like, I've said it before, I have a daughter and for me, like, Ray was a perfect character that she could that she could look up to, especially that she's the hero. And then, you know, Finn is a great character. I love that he has to he has to fight with himself and choose, you know, what what choice is he gonna make? Is he gonna run away or is he gonna help with the fight and just everything about this movie. Yep, my last little tidbit. We're going into this whole like, you know, we want our kids to have good role models. I think Finn's a good role model when you think about it, you know, it's like he was he was born and raised to do something, but Throughout it all, he realized what he was doing was wrong, and he's like, I have to stop this. I'm getting out of here. And then later finds out that he has to fight, and he's like, he's like, you know what? I'll fight for you guys. Don't worry about it. I agree. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good role model for children to show that, you know, you don't have to take what, what's presented to yeah. you. He made the conscious choice. Um, there was this cool commercial I saw. is when this, uh, I guess, the dad, when he was younger, he watched Star Wars. And then the 2000, they saw the sun, and then now the sun is... Yeah. You, you saw that one? Yeah, like, that was the Chrysler cool. one, right? Where they're like, not many things are as good as the first time you saw Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, uh, for, for me, like, I have the Kylo Ren lightsaber and a Luke's, uh, Luke's green lightsaber. And, uh, you know, I, I presented them to my daughter and, well, lightsaber duel. The one thing I will say is that she... Picked up the Kylo Ren lightsaber, and now that I've seen it, after seeing the movie, now I just watch her a little closer. <laughs> like, she's already shown uh, that she might be led astray. No, but, uh, you know, uh, just to end this off, you know, great movie. Go see it. Help us get to $2 billion. <laughs> help us take number one. <laughs> yeah, help us take that number one spot. All right, so to move on, we're, uh, we're going to move into a little... Uh, I'm going to say negative uh, ideology, but the Disney Parks uh, Holiday Parade, I forget what it was called, but it was something stupid, and it, it was a waste of time. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. That's right. I know, I know George, I think, is the only one that actually watched any of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, like Josh said, it was a waste of time. Uh, every year I watch it, you know, I, I wake up in the morning just to watch it. And I watched the first, like, 10, 15 minutes, and, um, I mean, I watched the whole thing, but, like, the bottom line is, you know, it was just a waste of time. Uh, I did like the characters, like, the new characters, like Rick and Ralph, you know, uh, all that, you know, fun stuff, but I really got upset, like, when it ends, uh, like, the performers, like, the first one was Ariana Grande, <laughs> and, like, uh, Josh, so, uh, well, the, you know, back in the day... Uh, you know, she was late and she was a jerk, whatever. So when I saw her, I just right away just changed the channel. I yeah. didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. I do want to add. Um, so the <laughs> Disney, the Disney Parks uh, Christmas Day Parade. It's actually like uh, they've been running it for a long time. They've actually been doing it annually since 1983, with the exception of two years, uh, which was 1989 and 2000. But uh, the newest one was called, where is it, the Disney Parks Unforgettable Christmas Celebration, and as George said, it was quite forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it featured uh, a bunch of, like, 
people that we don't know or care for as their uh, hosts. Um, I guess I feel bad for saying that since one of the hosts was uh, Janelle Parrish. She might be related to the Wedway Bros. <laughs> no, but uh, it uh, it was basically at Walt Disney World, which uh, I know I saw a lot of people complaining about just that. And then it featured like a bunch of uh, performances that were basically off of the We Love Disney album. But uh, as George said, like, the one thing with Ariana Grande, we all kind of hate her because we had heard that what had happened when they were filming it, she showed up, decided to show up three hours late to the performance, which doesn't make sense because it was in Disney World, so she was staying on property, she had a Disney handler, but she decided to show up super, super late, and then, um, you know, Disney, they were trying to, like, you know, fill in the time, so they invited people on stage to sing, and there was actually this guy who came up and he sang, and I guess uh, he was so good that people didn't want to hear her anymore. And then, like, I guess some of them booed her a little, but of course you won't see that any of that on there. But um, I know George was telling us earlier, uh, he actually hated it so much that he watched only a few minutes, and then he turned it off, and he went on YouTube and watched the 2013 uh, Christmas Day Parade, the one with Neil Patrick Harris and Nick Cannon. That was the best one. Uh, I'm just gonna let you guys know. This is sad, right? Because I don't, I don't like to miss this either. And I actually forgot about it this year. Turns out it was okay that I forgot about it. I'm just gonna let you guys know the the two best years. I think we had 2013, which was you know like great. We had Neil Patrick Harris, and that honestly is just enough to fill out any time frame. But last year's even, even with the whole you know Frozen thing being the main thing, it was good. They had a good host in Robin, and they also had Tim Tebow come out of nowhere because you know Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh. You know, even the 2012 one with Mario Lopez, that, that one's actually pretty cool. Here's the thing, uh, you know, every time I watch it, you know, I have this, you know, happy feeling. You know, it's Christmas, you know, it's, it's supposed to be happy. Yeah. But this year, when I watch it, it was just nothing. Like, even when I watch it with uh, Neil Patrick Harris, you know, when he's singing the song. Uh, I to, I <laughs> that that little beginning song? Yeah. Uh, you ready for Christmas? Like, it makes me want to dance and stuff like that. Like, it feels like it's Christmas. But this one right here, just right away, is like, oh, welcome to the Disneyland uh, parade, whatever. Let's get started. Yeah, I was, was like, really? That's it? It was more of like a, like a quote-unquote, uh, I was going to say live, but it's not live. But uh, it was more of like a, a per, or like a concert, right? Right. Uh, not even like, not none of the Disney flair. Just, uh, here's a bunch of new artists that uh, some of you might hate. Uh, you know, I understand, you know, I, I did like how, you know, families join together and, like, talk about their stories. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But, like, it, most of them is just shows. It's just, like, two minutes of, oh, here comes Rock and Roll. Oh, here comes Mickey Mouse. Oh, here goes a performance. Like, already. I was like, really? Like, can we not, like... Jump right into it? <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, it, it is upsetting, and uh, it actually, um, you know... Sometimes, sometimes Disney doesn't hit it out of the park. Like, uh, you know, there, there's been other times where they've done stuff that you're just like, eh, whatever. I mean, like, I know Hunter gave it a glowing review, but last year's, like, I didn't care. Especially with them, like, pushing Ouch. Frozen so hard on it. I was just like, I don't care. Um, but, you know, to move on to uh, another thing, like, uh, I wanted to bring up, too, like, uh, social media presence of Disney parks and, like, people online. Because, like, of course, there's a whole thing that, Online, like, it's so easy for everyone to complain. And, um, you know, there's that whole thing. Uh, if someone likes something, they'll tell their friend. If someone hates something, they'll tell ten people. And that's exactly <laughs> what I've been seeing. Like, uh, I actually 
um, on Facebook, I, I, you know, attacked a lady because she went on the, um, you know, uh, oh, oh my Disney or something like that, uh, group, uh, Facebook group. And she was like complaining that, oh, uh, you know, I went on Christmas day and we were there for a couple hours and we left to go eat and we came back and, uh, they told us Disneyland was closed, uh, because of capacity, but we could go to California Adventure. She's like, this ruined my trip. I can't believe this, Disney. I'm shaking my head at you. And I'm just like, you went on literally the busiest day at Disney Parks, and you thought that you were just going to leave the park and go have some McDonald's or something and then come back? Like, you were out of your mind. Like, uh, And, you know, that it, it annoys me because, like, you know, like uh, we talked about last week with the heightened security, a lot of people were online just complaining about Oh my God! I, I had to wait so long, and I, because I was by myself, I was pulled randomly to be screened. And then uh, Hunter uh, had a coworker. Yeah, uh, you know my my coworker Bernie. He said he went. He said it wasn't a big deal. You know, he's like you know you wait a little bit longer, but he's like nobody. Uh, he said that he didn't hear too much complaining, and he did see some people get pulled aside, but. I guess maybe people have accepted it because even the people that were pulled aside when I asked him, he, he said that they didn't really look disappointed or angry. They were just like, oh, okay, you know, what needs to happen? Yeah, I, I think it goes back to that same thing we said last week, though. I mean, it's a whole thing of, you know, people are willing to give, that, give up, like, getting into the park quicker with the uh, safe feeling. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know, like, I love going to Disneyland, and I, I would prefer to wait a little longer if it means that I don't have to be in the park looking over my shoulder, worrying about what's about to happen. Uh, just a question. Now, this is just kind of a little bit off topic. Um, when it's capacity, uh, because, you know, a lot of guests, you know, will get upset. Uh, is there a way they can argue so much, like, they'll just let them in? Or they, oh, they, no. they can't? Mm-hmm. When they close it off due to capacity, it's because they're at capacity. And... Trust me, I went there once on the, we went, uh, my wife and I, we went uh, on the 27th, and it was awful. Like, you could barely walk, like, I don't even know why you would want to (laughs) go, to be honest, but like, um, and you know, even us, when we went on uh, One More Disney Day, like, when it started hitting capacity, you could feel it, (laughs) because when you, uh, when you got off of a ride, like, the, it was so busy, you could barely move, like, and you were trying to shove yourself through this huge crowd that's walking through. I think the worst one was we, we were getting off on Pirates. That oh, was bad. Yeah. Trying to get to, like, you know, stuff. That, that yeah. auto mech, man. Yeah. Because it's just an alleyway. So you're... Yeah. Uh, I did I did want to bring this up, though, to uh, let you guys know. If any of you are planning to go for these two weeks, uh, uh, you know, um, going into January, uh, you might want to rethink that because uh, until after the New Year's, it's going to be packed inside the parks. It's really good. Uh, I, I always tell people, like, the best time to go is, like, January 10th, dead. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, I just want to throw out there so you're all jealous. Uh, my wife, uh, daughter, and I were about to go to Disney World in January, January 18th to uh, the 22nd. So <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and they're, 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 they just think it's funny. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, to, to add on to what you were saying, though, uh, if you are going to go because, you know, you've had it planned, Go for it. You know, you will have fun, but don't complain when you do see these lines and you see yeah. it's packed, you know, because that's just the nature of it now. I agree. And then at that, too, when you're, uh, when you get in the park, uh, if you're going uh, anytime, uh, you know, before New Year's, when you get in the park, you probably don't want to leave because you're not going to get back in. Uh, the good thing is that once you're in, like, if you're trying to leave, you know, cast members will tell you, hey, 
if you leave, you know, you might, it won't, you can't come back in because yeah, that's true. Because like uh, actually, uh, Disneyland they um, put out like on multiple media uh, their social medias, uh, including Disneyland Today, they threw out the uh, tweet saying, "Hey, we're at capacity. We're not letting anyone else in, so you all know." So like they were letting you know before you got there, mm-hmm. you're not going to get in. And apparently, they were also handing out flyers, letting people know, "Hey, we're at capacity." Um, you know, you can enjoy Disney California Adventure, but for right now, Disneyland is closed. Flyers? I never knew that. Uh, is that something new? Well, yeah, it was oh. like their way of, uh, it was on Christmas Day, they were giving them out to people who were in line, letting them know, you're probably not going to get in the park because we're at capacity, so head over to DCA. And, and you know, that's the thing is, I, I don't understand where the anger comes from. It's like, guys, just just understand that, you know... When we're at capacity, like you were saying, you're going to be stuffed in there so bad that even if you're not claustrophobic, you're going to start to become claustrophobic. Uh, the way I see it, it's like, like, like say I work at Target, so it's like a, what, like a, a week before Christmas. You know it's going to be busy. You know <laughs> there's going to be huge line for everyone to pay. Same thing as Di- like Disneyland, you know? You're going to have to wait. It's just the nature of it. Just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just take it in stride. You chose to come on the busiest days you can. So uh, if you get in, you know, stay. You you should stay in, and you should also be aware that there are going to be lines for everything. So you're going to be waiting. The good thing is that, like, even in stores, uh, since there's so many people, you know, like I know, it's like cast members. They're ready. Like, you know, <laughs> they're ready. To help our guests, you know, try to find everything, mm-hmm. you know, everything's all nice and stock. And, you know, the way I see it, they're also, like, pretty zoned, the area, you know, so. Yeah. They're playing a really, really good zone defense while they're sitting in there. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to move on to our main feature, which is going to be 2015 in review. And we wanted to bring up some, uh, some things that happen and, you know, some things that we would have liked to see, uh, especially when we get to the parks. But uh, I'm going to let you know. We're we're mainly going to talk about Disneyland, but uh, you know, starting off, we had the films. Uh, we had you know Avengers two, Inside Out, Tomorrowland, Good Dinosaur, and of course Star Wars: The Force Awakens. You know, Avenger uh, Avengers two, Avengers: Age of Ultron. It actually, even though a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it got um, it did get kind of uh, overshadowed or whatever you want to say by uh, Jurassic World doing such big business. Avengers Age of Ultron actually did bring in over a billion dollars, so that by itself. Um, Inside <laughs> Out, of course, was a huge success, um, and like one that they didn't even notice. I forgot to say Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Ant-Man was in there, too. Uh, Ant-Man was actually a surprise hit, too. But then you've got two movies that actually super underperformed. You had Tomorrowland, which I believe didn't even bring... Uh, uh, didn't even... Um, get back its uh, what it cost to I, make it. I think they barely broke even if yeah. they even did, yeah. And then Good Dinosaur, same thing. And uh, then, of course, you get Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is humongous. And uh, as Disney actually announced that with Star Wars The Force Awakens, they uh, they got $2 billion of earnings <laughs> just from uh, that. Just really quick. Uh, with Tomorrowland, I love that movie, don't judge. Uh, but not only with just Tomorrowland and Good Dinosaur failing, I think Star Wars doing as well as they're doing, they're, the Disney company's probably like, hey, it's alright, guys. I, I will say with the Good Dinosaur, I know Disney Pixar's like reaction to it, like they they weren't really even concerned if it was good. It was one of those where it took so long to make it that it was just, it needed to get released. And I will say, like, uh, you know, people I know that's, anyone I've known that's seen it, actually did love it, 
But the thing is, is that, you know, even for me, like, I haven't seen it yet. I read the synopsis, and it actually sounds like a great uh, mm-hmm. story. But the thing is, is that just from the trailers, like, the trailers aren't captivating. Like, the trailers, you're just like, I'm not interested in this at all. Yeah, that's the one with The Rock, right? Is it the one with The Rock? No, 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 that one's coming out next year. Oh, next year, sorry. Yeah, actually, um, I will say, uh, The Good Dinosaur, one thing that surprised me uh, in the synopsis is... Like, I had heard that it was, you know, if the world would have gone on without the dinosaurs ex- uh, extinct. And, of course, like, from a cartoony sense, like, we all get the idea of, like, Zootopia, where it's like, oh, they just wear suits and, like, they're normal, they're like us, just dinosaurs. Um, apparently, uh, it was straight up, like, the dinosaurs are, uh, like, they're farmers and stuff. And that's the whole thing is that Arlo and his family, they're farmers, and they, uh, like, he has to scare off, like, uh, and kill like uh humans and stuff that try to steal their crops like this like i read it and i'm like this is such an interesting idea but i'm like it's not it's also not like an attractive idea like mm-hmm. i don't care to see it that i would have preferred to see it like you know like almost like the show dinosaurs i would have preferred <laughs> to see like a t-rex with a tie like you know uh and a business suit like i would have preferred that way um you know i i'm surprised there wasn't a lot of like toys the good dinosaur. Like, we only had just, like, a little. Uh, but it's, it's like, the same thing. Like, what what movie... I think it was either Wally or The Incredibles. They barely had any toys. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, Inside... Uh, not Inside Out. Um, Up. Disney, uh, Disney Pixar's Up had, like, the least amount of items for it. But it was because Wally had, like, uh, been such a big failure in toys... That when Up came out, they didn't. They were just like, we're not making toys for this movie, Cause, which you know did make it so that the toys are kind of hard to find. And like, I have the uh, figurine set from the Disney store of Up, and like all that stuff is hard to find because they didn't make anything for that movie. And of course, that movie was also nominated for Best Picture overall. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you know, like even Wally, like people love Wally, but it's just like, uh, like I've heard a bunch of people say, Wally is boring for kids, like. And I've heard, like, uh, I, we have a friend that's, uh, she actually works at a daycare, a legit daycare, not one of these drop your kids off at my house thing. But uh, <laughs> she works at a legit daycare, and she said that Wally, like, the kids hate it. Like, she said that they always say it's boring because, you know, I know, like, for us, like, I enjoy the movie, and I know my wife loves the movie. We have an Eve poster up on the wall. But the thing is, is that, you can't help but, like, that's one of those movies where you can't help but look at it and just be like, there's nothing attractive to a child about this movie. Like, it's an ugly-looking movie because of the trash and all that. The characters aren't talking. Like, there's nothing going on for, like, the first half of the movie. And, you know, I, actually, I don't know. I I was going to say that you can say the same for Up, but, you know, my daughter enjoys Up, and Up, like, you know, realistically, it's just, like, a bunch of people doing stuff. I think it's just that Wally, it's that thing that, you know, it's slow-moving. And, um, you know, then, of course, there's Inside Out. I don't know why. Like, when I saw Inside Out, I didn't think, like, a kid would like that. My daughter loves Inside Out, and I don't know why. She loves Bing Bong, like, everything about that movie. And I'm like, to me, I I honestly thought it was too much, like, feelings, too much emotions for kids to understand what was going on. But she doesn't care. She just recognizes he's mad, she's funny, uh, Bing Bong's funny, and she sings a Bing Bong song all the time. Just, and then, of course, Tomorrowland was garbage. Just, just really quick. Ow. <laughs> uh, just really quick, though. What you're saying about Inside Out. It's very true, you know. I don't even have kids, mind you. But watching that movie, I am, I'm sitting there like, 
getting hurt by some of these scenes because you know when they when they take when the two emotions take off and now the others are left to control uh, Riley and I'm just sitting there. Oh, I don't even have kids and I'm feeling hurt over here. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> it was even the part when like um, well, anger. They said, like, you know, adult things that were like, let's oh, cuss yeah, her yeah, out, yeah. something like that. Can yeah, we that use word. that cuss word? <laughs> uh, you know, a funny little touch. I know we said it when we talked about it uh, on the podcast, but I love that, like, anger. His newspaper was always, like, something ridiculous. Like, well, uh, one of the headlines was, like, uh, you know, uh, no dessert. And he's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll jump back to Tomorrowland uh, just to discuss again how bad it was. You know, Tomorrowland was a good movie. It's one of those, like, Iron Man 3. It's good for the first half, and then it hits this point where you're just, like, they. you can tell, like, I will say, I've, you get the feeling like it was the studio that came in and said, this needs a proper ending, except that proper ending was stupid. Like, you know, it's almost like Lost. I, uh, I felt like Tomorrowland was, like, Lost. I didn't need the ending they provided me. I could have been... I would have done better with an ending that was open-ended, where it was just like, what happened? Instead of you being like, there's a reason why you're all here. It's destiny. Look here, John Locke slash Smoke Monster. I don't care <laughs> about destiny, Smoke Monsters, Jacob. I just want to be continued to... I just want to continuously sit here going, what the hell is happening? I uh, just really quick, because this, this is one of my, uh, like... Honestly, it's going to be what it, what it is. It's, it's going to be my guilty pleasure movie. People are going to know I like it, but I'm not going to be necessarily proud that I liked it so much. And I'll give you, the ending was terrible. I was honestly going into it expecting towards the end of it, I was thinking that we were going to get maybe like that Back to the Future Part 3 ending. Where it's kind of like open-ended. Where it's like, this future, you know, is ours for, for us to make. Not this whole, oh, you're all here for this. And I thought it was going to end with, you know, you're the future of this. Yeah, yeah don't, Hunter, don't, don't do that. Hunter already gave a better version Stop. of that ending. <laughs> the, and, and all it was was a ripoff of Back to Back the Future. Back to the Future 3, yeah. It, what does what this mean? It means that the future is anything you want it to be. It's yours for the taking. <laughs> we just watched that movie. That's a universal film. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like, Tomorrowland could have been better. Uh, you know, the thing is, is that um, I know they wanted, like, a franchise out of it. They weren't going to get it. And, you know, it's also upsetting that, you know, we also got Tron got, Tron 3 got uh, killed, but then they're building Tron Land in uh, Shanghai. So there's a lot of things that don't we make don't know sense. What's going on. <laughs> um, but to move on, we, we had the D23 Expo this year where they revealed the Star Wars Land. And uh, with that comes the news that Rivers of America, the Disneyland Railroad, uh, Big Thunder Ranch, and. Uh, Fantasmic, all of next year are going to be gone, and some of them permanently gone. Speaking, of course, about Big Thunder Ranch. Uh, you know, that was, to me, I actually, uh, I am fine with that. I, I still think that, you know, the Rivers of America move and the uh, Disneyland Railroad move, that's a pretty insane thing for them to change because they've never changed that. But, you know, I like to see that they're willing to put this effort mm -hmm. into Star Wars. Especially with Star Wars, the way, uh, you know, how it's doing right now in theaters, I'm sure they're, they're like, over the top. Like, man, we can do so much with this now. Because, basically, I'm assuming, basically, Imagineering, anything they go for, Disney is going to approve now. Because they're going to be like, yes, Star Wars is humongous. Keep going. <laughs> um, of course, the bad thing is that we didn't get a Marvel announcement like we thought we were going to get. And uh, we also got 
told that some Frozen uh, theater show was going to come into DCA replacing the Aladdin show, which I've never watched the Aladdin show, but, you know, I'm... Like, uh, I'm agnostic to that show. Like, I'm like, it's there. I understand it. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Frozen, I am outwardly outraged. Just like, don't bring me more of this. Yeah, well, if we're going to build on that. I've, I've seen the, uh, the Aladdin play. It's pretty good. You know, it's not something that I'm, I'm going to be rushing to. I mean, I've only seen it twice the whole time it's been there, but... The, what, 11 years yeah, or something like that? But, yeah, Frozen, as soon as they announced that, I was like, hey, come on now. Hey. But... Really quick, to go back to Disneyland, when they announced their, you know, expansion, I got worried. You all know how I feel about Toontown, and I was outwardly worried. I was like, I was like if they get rid of Toontown, I'm going to be sad. That's if they my get rid of Toontown, town. what am I going to do with uh, all that no is. time that but, I didn't do there? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still, you know, slightly optimistic. Like, maybe we'll at least get a fresh coat of paint in Toontown. You know, actually, to bring back onto Toontown... Uh, this last time I went, um, in early December, uh, my wife and I, we went into the store over there, was it the, um, the Laugh Factory or something like that? And we were actually very outraged and surprised and confused with that store, because, like, that store doesn't seem to know what it wants Wants to to be. be. Like, it used to be, like, basically toys, but now it's, like, you know, sparse, uh, gifts, like, uh, shirts and clothes, and then, like, random toys and a bunch of hats and then a bunch of d-tech accessories like it didn't really make sense what was going on in the store uh speaking of that there was this really cool ray-ban glasses that i wanted and that store was the only one that had it but of course it got discontinued and it's not there anymore but that was the only store that had it it's, yes. It's their way of tricking you inside, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Once you walk in, they're going to shut the gate. <laughs> it's like, oh, where's the glasses? Toontown. Is there any other store? Toontown. <laughs> Toontown. Please so, go in there. So with that, um, we're going to get back to, uh, well, we're going to go back into Disneyland. And this was actually a pretty big year for Disneyland, especially when it comes to, like, upgrades and stuff. Um, especially since it was the 60th anniversary. But this year we got uh, Luigi's... Uh, you know, closed. I know George is upset because he loved that ride, but uh, Luigi's Flying Tires is no more, and his uh, Rollicking Rovers is apparently about to open soon. Uh, Peter Pan, uh, and Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Matterhorn, Haunted Mansion, and Big Thunder all got upgrades, which were awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, they were definitely like tentpole things where, mm-hmm. like, it made you need to see these things. The 60th anniversary happened, which brought... Some new life into Disneyland. You got a lot of new merchandise and new merchandise that is still coming out. You know, even to this day, there's still new stuff coming out every time I go. We got new Main Street windows, which was uh, fresh to see. Uh, I know, like Hunter said, like a fresh coat of paint almost because those other ones were sitting there for 10 years. Uh, And then you got the World of Color Celebrate show, the Paint the Night Parade, which has been a huge success. The Disneyland Forever fireworks show, same thing, huge success. Seasons of the Force, which as much as people want to complain, with Star Wars, especially how big it is, <laughs> I'm sure now this is packed. And Star Wars, Season of the Force, was it's definitely like one of those, you, you have to see it, especially Hyperspace Mountain is a must-see. Oh, uh, Grizzly Peak Airfield open at DCA. Um, the annual passes were restructured and uh the new pricing structure came in and it was insanity heightened security has been introduced to disneyland and 
Worst of all, churro bites seem to be gone from the cozy cone. Why have you forsaken us, Disney? Five dollars for a churro? I know, I was, I still can't believe that, like, and I, I tweeted uh, Disneyland Today, and they actually responded, because I, they said something about, oh, um, if you're hungry, go get a bite at the Cozy Cone. And I said, hey, are Churro Bites still uh, going there? And they're like, no, unfortunately, uh, for right now, Churro Bites are not being served, but we have Pretzel Bites. And I was like, I don't want Pretzel Bites! <laughs> That's all what I said, Disneyland. <laughs> Give me my Churro Bites. Yeah, and then, like, Hunter got ripped off the last time we went because he bought the Churro Bites, and they gave him a regular churro and the chocolate sauce. And he doesn't like the chocolate sauce. So I'm like, you literally spent $5 for a regular churro. Because all he did was throw out the chocolate sauce. I'm just going to clarify. It was really more out of, like, shock that I didn't say something. Like, I was like, uh. You're they were like, that's going to be $5. Uh, Here's my money. <laughs> I was just waiting for them to be like, I got you. Here's your, here's your uh, Just chop up bike. the churros. Like, I don't get it. Uh, I don't like the chocolate either. Do you like it? I do. No, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I tried it. It's, it just doesn't work well for me. I I have to say though, I'm a little <laughs> mad that like the longer it goes, the chocolate sauce becomes like more and more watered down. Ooh. And like when when they first introduced it, the chocolate sauce it was like chocolate sauce. It was thick. It was creamy. It was nice. But like now, it's like almost like water. And, like <laughs> I I'm just like why? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, because I remember the first time I bought it, it was like, you know, nice and thick. thick. You're like, ooh. You know, it was like water. It seems like, that's how I stopped buying like, well, I mean, that's and how now it just seems like brown water. It's like, here you go. What's this? It looks like you attempted to make chocolate milk and gave up halfway through the <laughs> process. <laughs> What's that thing? I, I did want to bring up, though, like, uh, with the, with, um, you know, 2015, uh, almost in a close, uh, what are some things you guys actually would have liked to see? We'll start with George. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just because he, he indicated that he was not ready. Uh, I'm not Do you ready. want a minute to think about it? Yeah, please. Hunter? All right. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. You okay? always say it. Uh, I, I, was, I was impressed with everything, but the, the, there was a couple of things that really bothered me. One, you're, we're upgrading all these other things, and that's fine. I love it. You know, Peter Pan takes a cake for upgrade of the year, but I'm still waiting for, for them to just at least... Touch up Toontown just a little bit. I love that place, and that was like the place for me when I was a little kid, going through Mickey's house, you know. And and it kind of hurts, but you know, other than that, I, I there's not too much negativity I can throw other than the annual passes being you know outrageously priced now. Yeah, I, I mean, like for me, I would definitely say annual pass uh, restructuring was probably like the most shocking to me because I I did not. No one saw this increase coming like this. Like, we we all assume a $100 increase every year. But no one was guessing a $300 increase to have no blackout dates. Mm-hmm. And, like, to me, like, it was almost like their way of, like, shooing you out. Like, get out of here. We don't want you. And, you know, it's upsetting because, like, uh, I know I've said it before, but for us, like, Disneyland is our home. Like, it's our second home. So for us to, you know, actually have to think now and be like, you know, we have to reanalyze our annual passes and which one we're going to do. It's upsetting because it's just like, you know, it's almost like uh, they were, they just threw you out and we're like, we don't need you here. Um, I know, like, uh, another thing is, um, like, I, I am actually upset that they didn't announce anything for DCA because, like, you know, I love DCA. I've always loved DCA. Um, I especially like it now. But I want to see, like, some new things pumping in there. And right now all we've got is the, 
a replacement of Luigi's uh, flying tires, which they never really actually announced. And then you've got the Frozen thing. And it's just like, you know, Hollywood Land is basically frozen right now. I want to know what the hell the plan is over there. Because it just seems like right now their plan seems to just be, we'll just cover everything with Frozen until everyone, you know, kills themselves or, uh, you know, stops coming. And, you know, like the Monstropolis idea, is that coming? Marvel, is that coming? Like, I want to know, like, what is your new idea? Like, I don't even need you to start building it right now. I just want to hear that you have a plan set out. Um, though I do understand too that they don't want to reveal stuff like that because Disney likes to keep things close guarded because they don't in case things change because like it, which is kind of odd because realistically Walt Disney always announced things when they weren't ready. I mean he announced Pirates of the Caribbean as the Blue Bayou and you know like uh, like the thing is is that you know Walt Disney was really big on I'll announce stuff and then it can change in the process. People will understand and even. Even Michael Eisner would uh, announce things, and then they would change. The new regime at Disney seems to be, we don't like to announce anything until we're ready, because, I mean, look at Season of the Force. How many people were online vocally and loudly complaining about how it didn't look the way that the images looked? Like, get over yourselves. Like, be happy that something happened with <laughs> Innoventions, because that place was awful. Like, that place needed to be torn down, if anything. And what they did, they definitely re-inspired that area. And the Innoventions building even, like, I saw crowds in there that I have not seen in a long time. Even for, like, the meet and greets for Spider-Man, there's a huge crowd. The stores in there are a huge success, especially considering that the Star Wars one is a collectible store, really. <laughs> and, you know, like, uh, those are the things that really upset me, though, um... I know we, we discussed it earlier uh, off uh, mic, but, you know, one thing for us is we would have liked, uh, with the new windows, we would have liked maybe some change, like some uh, different choices. And, you know, i.e. specifically the Frozen one. Uh, all three of us agree that the Frozen one is by far the, like, it's the worst done one, and it just seems like they didn't even try. And, uh, like, for us, like, we're just like, you know, they could have done... Even if it was going to be frozen. Well, for me, even if it was frozen, they could have done a better job at it. Because they really... It was just static versions of the characters. Like, that's all it is. And it's just like, dude, like, this is it? And all the other ones, like, impressed you with, like, what they were doing. Like, uh, you know, I would have preferred anything. Uh, anything more. And then I know, like, uh, Hunter said it. Like, some of his coworkers, uh, or maybe it was George, was talking about, like, a Lion King one instead, because yeah, yeah. realistically, Lion King is, like, one of their biggest hits, and even at that, Lion King proves to be a big hit way after the fact, because when they did the 3D release, I, I'm pretty sure I've said it before, when they did the 3D release, it was supposed to be two weeks. They extended it to, like, uh, I think it was out for, like, six weeks, because they were making so much money, they were actually beating out new films that were coming out, so they just kept extending it, because Lion King is a generational movie that you have to see. Yeah. You know, uh, now I just thought of it. Uh, like I said this before, uh, Tomorrowland, you know, before uh, Star Wars, you know, it was just, you know, like I said, it was, you know, not a lot of color in it. They need to upgrade that, the lights. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Tomorrowland? Yeah. Also, I, you know, the, about the, uh, you know, the parade, the paint, the night, you know, I like the song. I mean, I think it's, you know, I see the kids dancing, whatever. But, like, the characters, like, especially, like, like for example, like, Tinkerbell. Like, she looks so weird, like, glow-in-the-dark, like, her face. Uh, yeah, I, 
I would say I don't need the like they have like a little light rig on their face. I don't need to see that. Like I know who the character is based just on the lighting. Just on the yeah, just the outfit and the lighting. I know who the character is supposed to be. They could have just done like her hair, you know, light up blonde, and then uh, the costume, and you would have known who it was. Yeah, like it's 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 so weird. What what do you think about the paint tonight, Hunter? You know what? Watch. I I I still didn't get to watch it live, and I don't think I need to because I've seen it on YouTube. It's great. You need to see it live. But, you know, I, I, I had no issues with it. I actually had no issues with a lot of the uh, 60th anniversary stuff. Yeah, I think uh, overall the 60th uh, brought a lot of great new things. Um, uh, like George was saying, though, like, I know I complained about it when we originally had our, um, you know, show about the 60th. But Paint the Night, like, it's a great parade. It's a good song. But when they throw in the Disney songs in it, it doesn't fit in. And they should have just cut them out. Because they don't sit, they don't sit right. They just, it's like a, you know, uh, what is it, the white elephant. Like, you're just like, what is this thing here? Like, (laughs) when it goes, life is a high, like, it doesn't fit in at all. Um, You know, some other things, like, I know George was talking about Tomorrowland. I would have liked to to see them announce something with Tomorrowland. But I'm actually happy that Seasons of the Forest, like we said last time, brought in some much-needed money into that area and you can tell they definitely used it the right way and I, I believe I said it too that how Tony Baxter said that with the uh, Tarzan's treehouse they used most of the budget to fix the tree and you can tell that a lot of what Season of the Force was is to replace and fix lighting and you know make a better environment a better looking environment than to have like kind of a trashy way it was looking though it doesn't look as trashy as Walt Disney World's but you know that's another <laughs> topic. <laughs> really quick, go back to if we go back to Tomorrowland. We said it on our, you know, what's wrong with Disneyland episode. You know, I think at the end of the day, they saw how success with how successful Seasons of the Force is. I think it's finally going to drive them and be like, all right, guys, they love this. We can build on this. I think they've got a plan in place. Hopefully by now, because I think I think there's a couple different things you can do with it. I know we discussed it on that episode. So if they want to hear our suggestions on that, they can just listen to that rate that again. Um, I but, will say. I think, you know, I don't want to be a naysayer, but I honestly, I don't think they're going to, they're planning to do anything for a few years, because the thing is, is that it looks like Season of the Force is to tide us over until Star Wars Land does come, and the whole thing is that they're not going to do anything else or more until Star Wars Land is done with, and then even at that, you know, the, everyone's assuming that we're going to get this Marvel announcement, and that's the next thing for Disney, uh, or for Disney California, uh, Disney Anaheim. And the thing is, is it's like, well, then how much longer are we going to wait for Toontown and for Tomorrowland to get work? And then I know we also said it earlier, uh, Autopia just got a new uh, sponsor in Honda. And that means that Autopia is not changing for at least five more years because usually their standard contract is like five to ten years. So, you know, I will say I think Autopia is pretty good. I know Courtney probably said it best, though. It needs more lighting like that. If anything, it just needs more lights in the... Uh, in the dark parts of it, because like there's parts of it that you know scare me more than Haunted Mansion has ever scared me. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing I really wanted them to work on is uh, you know on the 60th anniversary when they did that little parade about you know the first uh, cast members are working there and see you know a bunch of celebrities whatever. I really wanted them to at least give us a warning like the time because you know I really wanted you know. Like, you or, you know, my family to come and watch it, you know, it's together instead of, like, 
surprisingly you say, oh, here comes the original cast members. Like, you know, mm. that sucks, you know? That, that's true. But, like, a lot of people online did know about stuff like that. Like, you know, I know uh, we discussed it, but, like, I wanted to see, like, the dedication thing that they did at uh, 10 a.m. And, of course, I got trumped by everybody else wanting pancakes, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, like, uh, you know, all the negative stuff aside and churro bites and themed napkins and uh, other stuff, uh, I will I will definitely say 2015 turned out to be like a huge, a huge year for Disney, especially like, uh, you know, I know we I brought up all of the new things. And when it really comes down to it, most of that stuff was not negative. Even uh, anything that we kind of saw negatively, we still enjoyed it. Like. Paint the Night, for me, like, I may have, like, my little issues with it, but it's still a great parade. I still tell people, you have to see this parade. You know, Hunter needs to see this parade, because it's a great parade. And the 60th anniversary, I feel, has been a great uh, a great investment uh, that Disney has done on Disneyland, because it threw in a lot of money in places that, you know, I felt like, uh, I'm, I'm getting, like, goosebumps thinking of it, but, like, it's almost like they they did it for all of us who are locals, who are you know, Disney fans, because they did things like the Main Street windows, the small upgrades to Peter Pan, Alice, bringing the uh, the Hatbox Ghost. Like, these are all things that they didn't have to do. They could have just let things keep going the way it is. And instead, they were like, you know, we're going to give you guys the things you want to see. Well, we're going to, we hear you, we're going to give you what you want to see. And, you know, like Luigi's, like, I know George loves it. I I even enjoyed it. But, you know, they heard the complaints. They saw the wait times going down. So they acted fast, and they were like, take this out and throw in something that uh, will get more people through it, has a faster load, and is going to be more enjoyable. And, you know, it, hopefully it's going to be a great ride, uh, and that's, you know, what I want to see. Yeah, you know what? And I think we've learned in the many years that we've gone to Disney, even when they do something stupid, you never question them, because they they always stay on target, you know? Porkin style? Porkin um, style, yes. I, I will say, like, the, the one thing I really enjoy is that uh, how quickly they, they're they moving in on things that are problems. You know, yeah. like, like I said, Luigi, they moved in on it quickly. Peter Pan and Alice, they moved in there quickly, got everything, uh, got those changes up, and they were open all of a sudden. Matterhorn, same thing. Haunted Mansion, just it seemed like overnight, all of a sudden, there was this new character inside there. Big Thunder, you know, you got all this, <laughs> like, you got all these really cool things that just happened. And they just made it seem so seamless, almost like, you know, you went to bed one night, you woke up the next day, and they were like, oh, Hatbox Ghost is here now. Like, it was a uh, it was a great thing to see them actually move quickly, especially since, you know, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train famously took, like, five years to build. Yeah. Uh, I agree with what you said, you know. Like, they didn't need to do that, you know. The Peter Pan, every, every variety you said was already successful. People already write it. It's just the little things count the most, you know. Like... Like, especially like Peter Pan, like even before the upgrades, you know, there was still a 60 minute ride. But when someone, you know, just magically said, oh, you know, let's just do something more better for the guests, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's add some new effects into it. Right. And, you know, we greatly appreciate it. And for, you know, people who have never been there, they get like this great new ride experience. But even for us locals and Disney fans, we got a great new ride experience. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, writing it for the first time now. Like, your oh, imagination man. was opened up to this new way that it could be. And, you know, that that's what it really comes down to, is that uh, all the things put together, like, it really comes down to 2015 was a great year, and I hope 2016 proves out to be a great year, mm-hmm. too, considering that we're going to have to deal with 
you know, some big changes coming to Disneyland. But we're all hopeful to uh, see what's going on. I see, I see great things for 2016, honestly. I mean, I know that we, we are going to be losing some things for, for the year, some things permanently, but I think Disney's got the chops where they're like, hey, listen, we know certain things aren't going to be here, but I think we've got everything good. Um, the other thing is no selfie sticks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no <laughs> selfie sticks. Actually, yeah, that was a good point to bring up. Uh, that, that was a big announcement, too, is that we got no, no selfie sticks, and uh, they brought in a lot of new rules with the heightened security, but, you know, these are all things that should be going on. And, uh, you know, we're all hopeful and we can't wait to see what is coming up soon. So that's going to do it for us this week at uh, 67 minutes. But uh, uh, we want to let you guys know that we greatly appreciate all of you listening. And uh, we want to thank Dave once again, like we do every week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, please subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and follow us on Spreaker if uh, you're on there. And, you know, if you feel the need to, uh, hit me up on social media. I, I would love to discuss anything you want. And we can get in arguments about napkins, whatever you want. <laughs> but, uh... I was, gonna, I was just going to say, you know, you guys have a, you know, a happy new year. You know, be safe. You enjoy with your family and stuff like that. And, you know, just last note, I'd like to thank you guys. I mean, we started this earlier this year. You know, we, we weren't sure what the reaction would be. And I think we've gotten a good reaction I mean, we would have done this regardless. We really would have. But just thank you for everything. And yeah, may the force be with you. <laughs> yeah. I, like Hunter said, he said it best. Uh, we we definitely would have been doing this anyway. But we're we're actually very happy to see people subscribe and see people even listen to it. And, you know, uh, it makes us feel good that you guys care about our opinions. And like I said before, I would love to hear what you guys need to say to me. So uh, hit me up if you want. I'm on Twitter. Uh Instagram, Snapchat, at uh, Geo Disney. That's G-I-O Disney. Uh, if you want, you can look for me on Facebook uh, and add me if you want. Uh, I'm, well, it's going to be my normal name. So it's Joshua Giordano. But uh, you can also follow Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter, Hunter3GATM. Uh, you've got, we've got Instagram, JacksDback24. But honestly, if you just click on Josh's, my stuff is always up on there. Uh, I agree. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, J182. But, you know, like I said, same thing. You can always just check out Josh's. He has the more information. Yeah, so uh, once again, we want to thank you guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Good show. Good show. <laughs>